It's derby time. Come on, tell your friends. We'll go to many distant lands. With Dan the coach and Jackie the skater, the fun will never end. It's derby time. Welcome to the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. This is Jackie Bauer. Thank you for joining me today on the path to becoming better athletes, teammates, leaders, and human beings. Everybody, I got a little surprise for you this week. This is another Coach Dan episode, Return of Coach Dan. Hi, it's me. Am I? Are you surprised? I'm. I'm a little surprised. Are they surprised? They're probably surprised. I'm not sure when the last time you came on was. Okay, it's been a long time. I have asked Coach Dan to come in with me on this episode because I received an email, and it's kind of a long email, and I feel like. I can't just answer it from a skater perspective. I really need a coach perspective too, because I'm not somebody who makes roster decisions in my league. And so I kind of want to pose some of this to coach Dan and we're going to discuss it back and forth and try to help out this listener. Yeah. Without question, the skater needed to needs to talk to a coach is how I would phrase it in my league. I, I go around and if somebody has a certain look on their face or a certain attitude, I often use the phrase, you look like you need to talk to a coach. And I encourage other players when somebody comes to them to vent, complain, or they have something bothering them to tell that skater that they look like they need to talk to a coach. And when I read, when, you know, this email, I think they need to talk to a coach. It's been a long time since they tried to. It seems like this is something that's been maybe boiling beneath the surface for a while. So without further ado, I'm going to read this email from a listener. Hi, I am a third going on fourth year player, and last summer I tried out for the A team and I didn't make it. Every time I play a game in the B league, I always have people asking me why I'm not playing A, and I've even had players complain to the ref that my skill level was too high for the scrim. And it's a little disappointing always playing against lower level players and having A level players from other leagues ask me why I don't play in A. I hate bringing up the fact that I didn't make the team. I hated even more when I tried out that they rejected me and told me and even wrote it on paper that I didn't make it because I am uncoachable. I listened to your podcast about being uncoachable and having your feet in the sand, and I just don't feel like I can get my feet out of the sand. Looking at the A-team, it's all the same players who started the league minus a few odd players. It makes me mad seeing their roster because there are two players that are a part of the league but in my, two, in my three years, I have never seen them more than 10 times. They're not at meetings, they're not at recruitment or volunteering or practice, and yet I'm the uncoachable one, even though I have perfect attendance for the last three years. When I joined, I was young enough to be the kid of a lot of the A-level players. Hell, I went to school with some of their kids, so I find it hard to have a voice, and I feel like they still see me as the same kid that joined Derby. Tryouts are soon on the horizon, and I don't know whether to try out again. 
I know I have the skills. I'm a strong player. I focused this season on becoming a well-rounded player, jamming, blocking, pivot, and even refing. And I know I've proven myself skill-wise. There's not many scrims or drills that I attend where I don't get lead or hold that jammer or communicate to my players what to do. In October, my league's biggest rivals are having a tryout. We do our team tryouts in January. I just don't know if it would be wrong to go for another team, especially where these two teams hate each other. I don't want to be petty by going for another team just because I didn't make tryouts, but I feel like no matter how good I get, I'm not going to make this team. I also don't want to skip their tryouts and risk not making it, and I don't want to try out for this other team when my league was maybe going to take me. I can't play another year at B. I really can't. As fun as 12-point jams are, they are not fun back-to-back, and dragging another jammer back 10 as a blocker and holding them for two minutes isn't fun either. I'm trying to keep positive vibes, but I'm dreading this new season because I don't know what to do. Now that's the end of the email, and I'm going to preface our response by saying, you know, we get a lot of emails and messages from listeners, and you, you reach out because you want some help. I can tell there's a lot of emotions here, exasperation, frustration, confusion, uh, just being kind of disappointed. Um, and it's all going to be from your perspective. You're the hero of your own story. And you are confused because you don't understand what these other people are thinking. So I feel like it's our responsibility, if we really want to help you, to try and fill in maybe what some of those gaps are try and round out the story from the perspectives of other people in your league. Um, we don't know everything, but we're going to try and help maybe piece out how other people might see you a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to unpack here, Coach Dan. Um, what part do you want to start with? That's, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of to topics go. here we could go with. It, it's hard to actually pick. <laughs> I'll answer your question first of whether or not you should try out for your league's A-team. First of all, that's always going to be your decision. But if the only thing at risk is your pride, then yes, you should. There isn't a lot to lose. The pain of being rejected is tough. But I think that we need to face that more in general. Nearly all of us have to be rejected more. Because, my goodness, some of us can't handle it. Because we just never face it. Yeah, it's really easy this day and age when you face rejection to just give up on the thing, quit. Especially if a lot of things came easily to you in your life. Um, I It sounds like you have a big sports background. You've probably done a lot of different things. Um, maybe things have come easily and this is frustrating because you aren't at the level that you want to be. You, you haven't been put on this A-team yet. I... I just think that it says more about you that if you get rejected and come back than it does if you make it. Like, at this point, I'm far more impressed with people who deal with adversity and deal with disappointment than I am by people who just are always succeeding. Um, when Earlier on in life, when you see somebody, uh, I'll bring up an athlete that I admired as a, as a young man, Michael Jordan, who just looks like they're always winning, always winning, always winning, always winning. That's what I wanted to be. And now that I've grown up, I realize that the people who are just like, are always winning got there because they failed 
a lot and they take they go through so much for it and i'm much more impressed with people that handle rejection and get back to put themselves in a position to succeed again so i just want to answer that question right away because it was one of the only things with a question mark on the end in the email is like should i try out for my league uh all of you out there should try out for your a team for your all-star team for your travel team for your state all-star team for any team you should try out for anything you want to do because the worst case scenario is you get to learn more about yourself and deal with rejection and your pride stings a bit and you can learn to manage that the best case scenario is you achieve what you want to achieve it's it's more of a win-win than you think it will hurt but that's good it's like endurance you build the muscle so that you can keep on going after things so i want to get that out of the way it's an opportunity <laughs> for growth i actually saw um I believe it was the Gotham skater Violet Knockout recently tweeted something. Uh, Gotham lost a big game at Thin Air Throwdown, and that was pretty disappointing. And Violet Knockout pointed out right away how much more you learn from losses than you do from wins and how they're going to grow from this experience and come back stronger. Mm -hmm. Getting into the rest of this and the conversation to have, it's going to be difficult, but I want to set the stage. Uh, at least on one point. Do you, what are your league's goals? Would you agree that your team is out to win? Are they out to put the best team that they can on the track in every game? Is that what the A team is about? And if you can agree that's true, because every league has different goals, mm -hmm. all right? There will be, when, when you say that you have perfect attendance and you're a very talented skater who's not making the A team, it sounds like the team's goals probably aren't to play the same players over and over and make it all about them and their experience. But uh, again, you need to check your league's goals. If your league is on this trajectory of like, it's about putting the best team out there possible, then... Now you have to ask yourself, you have to face, and I think a lot of this email is asking yourself, like, what is missing? Most of what I read in the email isn't about what's missing. What I read in the, what, what I hear from you, um, what I hear from you is all the things that you are. You have this perfect attendance. You put these amazing scoring jams on B-team level players, and you can block a B-team level player uh, for two whole minutes. Congratulations. I'm sure that you worked very hard to develop those skills and that you are talented. I'm going to call you out because when you say, I can't go through another another season on the B team, having 12-point jams back-to-back -back and blocking another jammer for two minutes, your privilege is showing. If you're too, if any of you think you're too good to play on a B team and you'd rather not play roller derby at all, your privilege is showing. You are lucky that you received enough training and support to get that good in your league. You don't owe them necessarily. You've certainly done your part. But like I, I when I hear an attitude like that, it's like you don't know how lucky you are. You don't know how great it is. Um, would the skater that you were a few seasons ago 
be impressed with the skater you are now? Would they enjoy seeing you play at that level? I'm sure they would absolutely love it. And I love that you have the drive and that you want to make the A-team and how important it is to you. But don't ever take for granted what you can do. Don't ever take for granted your skills and what you have the opportunity to use. And don't, uh, this is the other thing about that that really makes me angry. What do your teammates think of that? Does it inspire them when you score 12-point jams back-to-back? Do they need that to, to succeed? Are they learning from you, your teammates on this B team? Are they learning from you? Are they better for your effort? Do they cheer for you? Do they enjoy the thrill of the game and the victory? Like, are you going to rob them of that because you're off it? Because you just feel like you're too good for it? Are you too good for your B team teammates? That would be completely unacceptable to me. I'm going to go on a, I've had, I'm going to, I have another story to tell, another monologue, but I've talked a lot. Do you have anything to chime in on this? Well, kind of just to piggyback a little bit on what you're saying, um, you've said a lot about your own skills, about your own experience, about uh, the assets you have that should make you a good player to be on the A team. And I don't doubt it. This description sounds like you're an amazing player. But there is a reason you haven't been put on that team yet. And I wonder if it's how you interact with your teammates. Mm. Because we don't really have anything about that in this email except for you communicate to my players what to do. So you, you communicate, you tell people what to do, but I got to wonder if you listen. I wonder if you listen when other people have ideas, when other people tell you what to do. And I wonder how well you listen when the coach has input. I mean, the word has been thrown in here, uncoachable. I wonder what that looks like. I wonder what specifically they are addressing. Yeah. So I'm going to tell a little story. So uh, this is this is kind of an inside joke between Jackie and myself. <laughs> And it's going to take a little bit of setup, so get your pumpkin spice flavored beverage ready, (laughs) because I know it's fall and that's your jam. I'm a little basic. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, pull up a seat. So there is a, a book by Malcolm Gladwell called What the Dog Saw, and there's a chapter in that book about what makes an NFL quarterback in that you really... Like it's, it's this key position in the sport with millions to billions of dollars on the line where winning is everything and they're the key player on your team. And how do you know if that quarterback is going to be a good quarterback? Now I'm going to set, I'm going to set like some forward thinking when I'm talking about drafting a quarterback, like I'm about to in this story, think about players you select for your A team players that your coaches and your captains and your leadership in your league are selecting for their A's team. Think about how they know who's going to succeed. So there's this movie. It's called, it's, it's a really dumb movie. I'm not saying watch, I'm not saying, (laughs) I'm not saying watch the movie. We did. I don't even remember why, but I don't know why it's, it's called draft day. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner is the GM of a team that is perpetually bad in Cleveland, of course. Of course. It wasn't Detroit. At least we have that as Michiganders. <laughs> um, but anyway, he need he has the first pick in the draft, which 
means you can take the best player, which is often teams are looking for an amazing quarterback to save their franchise. And their franchise has been losing and they need an amazing quarterback. So the whole movie is about evaluating players and trying to figure out who will be best for your team. You know what I remember was the trailer was just people screaming over and over again, who are you going to pick? Who are you going to pick? Just Mm -hmm. different characters showing up and asking him. Right, right. (laughs) Somehow an entire movie was made out of this one question. Well, if you're a football fan, I mean, and your team has the number one pick, like the draft is a huge deal. Um, so I can see why it got greenlit. I don't think it did particular well. Anyway, <laughs> this whole movie, there's like this one guy who is coming out of college, like has the best stats, appears to have the best arm, amazing athlete, a good personality. Everything about them seems like that is the guy. That it's is the, the player. That is the, the player. The ideal player. The ideal player. All the talent, right? Mm-hmm. All the all the everything that like the scouts are basically drooling all over the kid. Mm-hmm. It's 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 they're, they're just sending signals. And you know the whole movie, well, obviously if they draft him, it's just like what are we What's doing? What's the here? conflict here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they're doing all this research trying to figure out but what if? What's wrong? Because any little thing could be wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And they dig and they dig. And I don't remember how. I don't remember how it even got to this point. But at some point, it is revealed that this kid had a birthday party and none of his teammates came to his birthday party. They probably were on social media or something. (laughs) So the, the thing is, this like sets off a red flag with the GM that if this is a star quarterback, a leader of their team and none of the teammates would attend his birthday party, that there's something wrong that, that, I mean, all these amazing athletic stats and ability and what this GM suddenly becomes concerned about is that the teammates aren't like there to support this guy that he doesn't have close bonds with his teammates. So, We've kind of developed this inside joke between us that is now your outside joke (laughs) with all of you. It's just us. Mm -hmm. That when there is an issue with your teammates, we use the the joke, I guess nobody came to their birthday party. Mm -hmm. Now that sounds really mean if you envision yourself throwing a birthday party and having none of your teammates come. Please don't take that the wrong way. There is a lot of tough love in this episode that might be difficult to hear. I want you to get that this is a metaphor. Mm -hmm. This is a metaphor. The idea is, like, what kind of bonds, what kind of relationships do you have with their teammates? And not necessarily, and both, I would say both with your B team player teammates and your potential A team player teammates. Your relationships with people in the league matter. They matter. In our league, it can be done differently. I know it's done differently many other places. In our league, when we choose rosters, the athletic director, who's my boss, myself as the coach, and the two captains, which are elected by the players, come together and we talk about who we want on the roster, where they're going to fit, what they're going to do. And there have been plenty of times as a coach, plenty of times, when I have brought up a name And I look into the eyes of the captains who have played out there with this person. And in my mind, this person is doing everything right. All the ability, all the hustle, all the attendance, right? And then I look in the eyes of the captains who have been out there playing with this individual. And you just see their faces kind of fall for a second. 
and you hear, and I, you know, I say, I think that Jane, uh, just to throw a name, just to use a name, Jane is at a level where she's ready for this. And I look into the eyes of my captains and they're looking away. One of them looks down. One of them might say, uh, and then you hear the things that as a coach, I just don't know because I'm not on the track with you. I hear she always wants to play brace but she won't stop gripping the hell out of my arms until they're bruised and she won't let go and let me do what I need to do. We've talked about it numerous times. It's a habit she can't kick. I can't play with her out there. Now, nobody usually says I can't play with her out there. That is something I add to the back of my mind. I need all my players to play with confidence. And players that can play together as a group with confidence in each other are going to be a better team regardless of the skill that is on the track. And whether you think you're a jammer or a blocker, this applies to you. Blockers play differently with more confidence and with more certainty when they believe in the jammer who is fighting for them on that track. Jammers jam differently when they believe in their blocker group and feel like they know what's going on. Would you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. If I look out at, if I'm jamming and I look out at the group that's set to go and I see some players I'm a little bit less certain about, I might be thinking, oh, I need to do more defense because I'm not confident that they can do their job without also the help from me, which means my first priority of getting out of the pack first is not the first priority I now have in mind. I'm thinking about, I got to help them block this jammer. <laughs> um, and yeah, the same thing as a blocker. Um, if you see somebody out there on the jam line, you're like, I'm probably going to have to help them more. Maybe we need to send extra people offense because I'm just not sure they're going to be able to do it with our normal setup the way we're comfortable doing things. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, if you want to make that A team and if you want to get past the label of being uncoachable, if you want to get past the label of being considered young, uh, we, we talked about age as part of this, that mm -hmm. you started as a very young player and that many people might still see you as a young player. If we want to get past that, we've got to get some people to your birthday party. So to speak. So to speak, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. And that's all about building relationships, building trust. Because, uh, yeah, you have perfect attendance. Uh, I know plenty of people with good attendance. Plenty of people with good attendance that get discussed in these meetings that yes. you're talking about. Yes. And... Uh, even though we have an attendance policy, that is not the be-all, end-all decision. It's it's all about, do you trust this person to be out there with you? Yes. And so to get to build those relationships, it might be really hard because I don't think that this starts with a meeting with coach and captains because it sounds like you've been down this road. I think you have to start with one, one at a time. Who is a blocker who you can trust to make some great O for you? Or who are you going to play some great O for as a jammer to make them successful? What can you do to make people around you successful? What can you do to advance others? There's a lot of talk about getting off this B team. Who's coming with you, right? Mm -hmm. A teams, I tell you, will have turnover. Things will change. Who's coming with you? Because those players who are getting drafted up from B team to A team, maybe they'll even get drafted ahead of you. Maybe that thought makes you throw up in your mouth a little bit right now. But those are the people who you want up there who trust you, who want to work with you, who say, what about Jane? We want to play with Jane. The more people are like that on your team, the more, the, the better your chances. Like, 
you shouldn't be thinking about how do I get away from these players on the B team. It should be like, who are the ones who want it? Let's work together to be the best we that we can be, the best team our B team can be. And we're gonna take this, we're gonna take this A team over when the opportunity arises because we're working hard and we are a unit. It's not about me. It's always about your team. It's about your B team while you're on your B team. It's about your A team and your A team teammates, both to get on the A team and to play on the A team. And I just don't see, I mean, we could go through it line by line. I'm not trying to pick on you, but I bet the term we is not used very often. Something to think about. Yeah, because I mean, it's a tryout. It's your own personal draft day, so to speak. And there are few things more desirable to a team than someone who is truly a team player. And a team player means I am putting the team first. I'm not concerned about my personal playing time. I'm concerned about what is going to be best for the team in this moment. If somebody else should go jam in this situation right now, I am down for that. Hey, can I go block for them or pivot for them to help them out if they get in trouble? Uh, somebody who is just always there willing to lend a hand and bring other players up, like you were just saying. Because I see a lot of individual skills here being described that you're very, very good at. But it sounds like you play by yourself based on just the things you pointed out in the email, just the information we have to go on. And um, it sounds like you have great skills doing things by yourself or telling other people what to do. I would try to focus on what you can do together. I also want to throw on that if hearing any of this hurt, it's, I, I understand. I hope that if it settles a little bit, you'll see that it comes from a place where me as a complete outsider, as a, 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 us, the mm -hmm. two of us as complete outsiders to the situation, what we really want is for you to get the Derby experience that we, that, sh that you will absolutely um, be in love with. That you get to be a star, that you get to build these bonds with your teammates, that you get to reach the success um, that a t only only a team victory can feel the feeling of that shared success of doing your absolute best and have it contribute to something that made a difference to others, mm -hmm. and having them contribute to your to your victory. Like there is nothing better. We want you to have that. So if any of this hurt, like endurance. We hope that you know that once you go through it, you'll be stronger for it. At least that's what the way I see it. And um, just going to call you Jane out there. I don't know your real name, but wherever you are, uh, I do like roller derby is amazing. This sport is amazing. A great team that you are a part of and everything that you guys go through for each other, the battles, the wins, the losses, it is worth it. So whatever you decide to do, don't hold yourself back because of pride. Don't let your privilege show by saying, I can't handle being this good and playing with these players anymore. It's an opportunity and you should be so excited. Um, I hope you're so excited to do it because it takes a lot of work to develop these skills. And my gosh, so many people would love to be in that spot, would love to have your talent. And now we've got to 
get some people to your birthday party, share that talent with others, and use it for the betterment of the team. And I hope you do. And I hope you let us know what happens. Whatever happens, I hope you let us know. Because I can't hear an email, I can't listen to an email like this without thinking about it. It, mm-hmm. it gets stuck in my head. This one's been spinning in our head for like a week. Yeah, it's definitely been a few days. Since, since you told me up. about it. Yeah. yeah. So I hope you let us know what happens. And I hope hope the tough love isn't too painful, but mm-hmm. I, I really want you to succeed at this. And I hope it, I, I hope we get there. All right. That's what I got. And you've got your tryouts coming out in January. You've got some time. You've got time to build these relationships. I really hope that you will try out for your A-team again. Um, if I were in your situation, I wouldn't go across town yet. I wouldn't go to your rival yet. I would give your team another chance and see if you can do the things that will make the difference so you can be a part of the team that you've been a part of for three years so you can finally get to that place you want to be yeah, with yeah. everyone else. Give yourself another chance. Yeah. Give yourself another chance to be the teammate that they need. As I know, some of the wording in here, maybe you felt like some people were unfair in the league, but we're trying to come at it from a place of everybody is trying to do their best and wants to win. So we're thinking, ideally, everyone's trying to do the right thing here and want to have a good derby experience together. Yep. You'll always wonder. If you if you switch without trying, you'll always wonder. Don't 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 go there. All right. And that was kind of a long segment, so we're going to take a quick break. And then I'll come back with just a couple more messages I received this week. This episode is brought to you by Bout Betty's, the only roller derby subscription service in the world. They offer a range of levels, so you're sure to find one that fits in your budget. The full packs and apparel-only pack options include custom apparel they design themselves or collaborating with derby skater artists to feature their artwork. There's so many fun colors and patterns in size small through 3X. The Bout Betty's full packs also include skate gear, accessories, and stickers. Yes, stickers. If you're one of those cool jean vest wearing types, you'll want to check out the Derby Flare Club option, which includes a mix of enamel pins, patches, stickers, and buttons made from the artwork of Derby artists. And the Classic Pack has non-custom apparel, gear items, accessories, stickers, and healthy snacks. How thoughtful. As for me, I super love the apparel. You may have noticed how often I wear it when I make videos for our Facebook page. The leggings, shorts, and sports bras are just amazing. Okay, the material is ridiculously silky smooth and soft. The first time I pulled on my Apex Predator leggings, I could not stop touching my legs and asking friends to also touch my legs so they could feel the magic that is this material. And it's so darn cute. There's mermaids, dinosaurs, steampunk, cats. Whether you're hitting the track, skate park, gym, book club, or grocery store, you will turn heads and bring joy to those you meet. Subscribe today using our podcast promo code POWER10 for 10% off your first pack at boutbetties.com. B-O-U-T-B-E-T-T-I-E-S.com. It's like Derby Christmas every single month. And yes, they do ship internationally. Once again, that promo code is POWER10 for 10% off your first pack at boutbetties.com. And we're back. I let Coach Dan duck out of the room for this part. Uh... 
I want to thank you guys who have been sending in topic ideas and emails and messages. I've actually got a little bit of a queue going now. I apologize if I haven't gotten to yours yet. It's because I want to think on it more and this one just seemed a little bit more urgent right now for the timing of it. And I want to thank everyone who has left a review so far on Apple Podcasts. I saw that on Facebook, Atomic Cherry number 88 shared our podcast episode from this last week. Thank you very much. And on Twitter, Magical Wheelism gave us a share and a comment. Thank you. And also Instagram stories this week from Flux121 underscore GW, Kia Handley, and Mary Deathpire. Thank you very much, you guys. I'm really glad that this week really spoke to you. And speaking of this week, there's one more thing I want to read. This was a repost from K. Meredith Illuminated. You might remember this name as the wonderful person who sent me that beautiful mug. And K. Meredith Illuminated says, I don't post a lot of actual roller derby stuff here, uh, here being Instagram, by the way. But this podcast hit me at exactly the right moment. And just so we're clear, the episode that is being referred to is Roller Derby. Is it worth it? Okay, I'm going to stop interrupting now. <laughs> I spend a lot of time wondering if I use my time and energy on the best things. And some days, Roller Derby seems like a giant time and money pit. But this episode makes that question way less scary to a season where I really did try as hard as I could and ended up not where I wanted to be. The truth is, roller derby for me probably does have an expiration date. I'm in my mid-30s, my joints hurt most days, and there is not an insignificant injury risk. But every day in this sport makes me better. And answering, is it worth it, is another chance to grow and improve in another way. And someday, when it isn't roller derby anymore, I'll have to answer the same questions about something else. Probably art. And when I asked this question about art in the past, the answer was honestly, I don't know, and I don't know how to figure it out. And now, I'm learning how to figure it out. Thanks for listening to my tiny introspection, and thanks at Power Fourth Whistle for making such great content. And then followed up with, P.S. In my head, the answer to this is obvious, but I forgot y'all aren't in my head. Yes, for the foreseeable future, roller derby is worth it, and I want to push as far and as hard as I can until that potential expiration arrives. I would love it if my team could make it to a Continental Cup before then, but it helps to review and reevaluate, and no, I'm not alone in that process. That's right, K. Meredith Illuminated, you are not alone. Uh, you were not the only one who expressed similar things this week, but I really loved your introspection, the way you worded that. It was really beautiful. And I think that that'll speak to a lot of other people who are also going through this. I also received a message from Meg of Mirth on Instagram, and I wanted to read out this message because I thought this was a really nice story and that uh, people might really like to hear it. The message is, hi, I just wanted to reach out and say thank you for this podcast. I am back in Derby after almost 10 years hiatus, and this time it's real. I used to skate back in 2009 with Dublin Roller Derby and loved every second of it. The league was new, the team was strong, and although I never got onto a team, I adored it. 
When I had to move to Australia, I attempted to join a league there, who I won't name, and I found a culture of elitism, bullying, and bad attitudes that soured me on the sport until this January. Now I'm in England, and I decided to try one last time while I'm still on the side of 30, and joined a tiny little league with barely enough members for a team, but I have fallen for the sport again, deeper than ever. I will be sharing your podcast with everyone. Also hit me up if you ever need any research help or anything. I really think Derby has a higher percentage of decent, caring humans than most other groups because this is the sport we play when we don't like other sports. We all know how it feels to be an outsider in one way or another, so we tend to fight for our fellow weirdos and become more like family. It's really special. Love, Meg. So I thought that was really sweet, and uh, I did respond to Meg a little bit, but I just want to say again, congratulations, Meg, on coming back after a decade. I don't think very many of us could do that, could take 10 years away and then come back and you must have gotten in pretty young to still be on this side of 30. <laughs> so um, kudos to you. Uh, I, I really hope that your derby career can be as long and lovely as you want it to be. And there is something about small teams, isn't it? They're like, you're in the nitty gritty of it together. Everyone's rolling up their sleeves, part, like doing all the work. It, there's a lot more creation. There's a lot more ownership because this thing is yours. It's like your baby. Sometimes I think that can get lost a little bit in bigger leagues. Once you start adding on extra teams like A, B, C, home teams, whatever, like the bigger or an organization gets, the harder it is to have those close relationships that, that family feel. And you have to look for it within your own line if you're with a group of blockers or within your, your jammer rotation group uh, within like smaller facets of the team that you're on. Um, so anyway, that was just a total tangent, but I, I just think we should celebrate these opportunities for growth wherever we can get them, whether it's, you know, taking a baby team and making it strong and helping it grow up with other like-minded people or taking a larger league to the next step. Like, um, you know, K Meredith Illuminated wants to go to a Continental Cup. That sounds cool. I'm sure a lot of us would like to aspire to that with our team. So if we really want to achieve that, we have to do it together. This is not an individual sport. None of us can, can go at it alone and just be out there and be the dominant player. We got to take other people along with us. And maybe one of the best things you can do as a roller derby athlete is to help the people around you also achieve their derby dreams. Because when you're done with this someday, and you will be, I'm pretty sure you will be someday. I don't know anyone who is like 90 years old and playing roller derby, but if you know someone, you better tell me, because I want to know. Um, <laughs> but someday, when this, when this journey ends for you and you go on to something else, are you going to remember just the things you did or are you going to remember the things we did? So let's, let's think about we a lot in this next week when we go to practice, when we defend against the other team, 
all the things we can do together to grow and learn and support each other. Because that's how we become good teammates. Good teammates, good athletes, good leaders, and human beings. How about that? It came full circle. And with that, we've been talking about Derby and sharing Derby thoughts. Pew, pew! Thank you for listening to another episode of the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby podcast. I really hope those laser beams of positivity will carry through your day. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook or on Instagram and Twitter at Power Fourth Whistle. That's P-O-W-E-R, the number four, T-H-W-H-I-S-T-L-E. You can find fun videos of on and off skates training on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Instagram. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast anywhere you can. Leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts is still the best way to help this podcast be found and spread those laser beams of positivity to more humans. Open the app, punch those stars, and leave me a pew pew. Want to know how you can support our podcast and look super cool doing it? Visit our store at powerforthwhistle.threadless.com. We have something for everyone. Whether you like designs that make you feel powerful, like roller derby strong, to cartoon animals on roller skates like cats, elephants, llamas, and more. Our three newest styles include sloth roller derby, naps before laps, I utterly love roller derby and giver of fox for all of you out there who give a fox our store is full of super soft t-shirts tank tops hoodies accessories and more you get to pick the color and style it's all up to you and you can support this podcast visit our store powerforthwhistle.threadless.com that's p-o-w-e-r the number four t-h w-h-i-s-t-l-e dot threadless dot com. Thank you for your support.